First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF, and I'm once again joined by the great Kate Majuk as we continue to review the 2023 season. Kate, uh, the fantasy awards were fun last week. We're, we're going to keep it going this week and, and talk about the biggest surprises and, and disappointments at the running back position. So I, I know I always enjoy these uh, retrospective lookbacks on, on the season, especially at this time of the year. Um, how about you? How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing great. We're talking about running backs, which is my favorite position to talk about. So uh, I always I always enjoy a little bit running back talk, but I think you hit it on the nose. Like it's so fun to look back at your expectations before the season and and compare them and see what went wrong and what went right and why um, and how you can use that information and, and perhaps project it for the seasons to come. So we can continue to dominate in fantasy football. Absolutely. Yeah, this is this will be fun to kind of look through, see who our biggest surprises were, who who were the players that let us down. And and uh, yeah, we're we're talking running backs, though. They're always fun to discuss. And uh, yeah, the NFL always being so unpredictable. It's fun to kind of see what uh, what went right and what went wrong throughout the season. But um, yeah, we're going to go through it here. Our pleasant surprises, surprise disappointments here. Um, and then since it's the NFL playoffs um, this weekend as well with Super Wild Card Weekend, uh, we'll have a little friendly competition with some playoff pickums, and and we'll keep that rolling through the NFL playoffs as well, which should be fun. Um, so yeah, before we get into it all here, I do want to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, Fabric by Gerber Life. If you have a family, then you need to get life t- uh, term life insurance to protect them. It's one of the smartest financial decisions you can make, and the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done so you could focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies to fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You could go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy, M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Insurance Company, not available in certain states, prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, Kate, we're going to start it off with our first pleasant surprise at the running back position. 
I feel like we're we're this is a player we talked about quite a bit on the uh, on the awards show. I don't think anybody really saw this one coming. Obviously, if you look at the ADP, we both have the same player here at the top of our list. So, who is the number one pleasant surprise for you uh, on the 2023 season? It's got to be Kyron Williams, running back for the LA Rams. Now, if you didn't listen to our awards show, go back and listen because we talked about Kyron Williams a lot. And it turns out that Kyron Williams can qualify for pretty much any award in the fantasy football season because he was just that freaking good. Now, going into the season, obviously, Cam Akers was the presumed starter. And like there was no real question about that. Everybody thought they were going to get maybe a value out of Cam Akers drafting him, you know, what, like RB 22 to, you know, like as an RB2, RB3, Mm -hmm. like we all thought we were going to get this huge steal. No. Right out of the gate, I mean, Kyron Williams showed up over Cam Akers in Akers season debut, had just 29 total yards and a touchdown on 22 touches. Like it once once they saw that, it was Kyron Williams. They never looked back. He exemplified the the workhorse role. Three or 1,350 scrimmage yards, 15 touchdowns, finishes the overall RB four. Um, had a 90.2 PFF rushing grade that ranked fifth among running backs on the season. Um, you know, just was so infic- efficient, averaged almost 20 fantasy points per game. And again, the best, best part of it all, you got him on the waiver wire. Yeah, that was that was definitely the best part, right? Is like when you as soon as we saw that in week one, right? We saw that how ineffective Cam Akers was. And and Kyron Williams touched the ball 15 times in that game as well, too. And, and punched in two touchdowns. I mean, they traded Akers just like a few short weeks later as well, right? And you mentioned all the numbers for for Kyron Williams, and that was with like a four-game stint on IR too, right? So he still put up these ridiculous numbers, finished as the overall PPR RB5 um, with missing those four games. He was only second only to Christian McCaffrey in points per game at the position as well. Like you said, a, a player that went undrafted, you picked him up off the waiver wire, and he was a starter all year long outside of the, the games that he missed. And um, yeah, he was just incredible. 12 rushing touchdowns as well, tied for the fourth most. Um, but that, there was there, we talked about him a ton in, in the last episode. You you hit all the highlights here for him as well. So Kyron Williams, it's hard to argue him being at the top pleasant surprise of the 2023 season. Uh, he was just incredible. So very happy to see that. I'll be excited to kind of see where... He starts to go in drafts. I mean, obviously, you know, as a former fifth round pick now in, in 2022, we see these guys become replaceable at times, but man, he was so good. There will be some barriers, obviously, for him to, to you know, escape, I guess, in in free agency and, and in the draft and see what the Rams do there. But got to have confidence in, in Kyron Williams right now, at least for, for what he can do and how good he looked this season. So I, I still feel pretty good about him potentially being a top pick next year as well. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait to draft Kyron Williams in pretty much all of my fantasy leagues. And you know what, like just from the point where, where he was drafted, you know, like undersized and slow, not athletic, like he yeah put all of those narratives to the test. And I do think he's here to stay for fantasy. Yeah, it feels like it. And it seems like the coaching staff is, is going to remain intact there. Obviously they made the playoffs too, right? So it's a good sign that, you know, the, the coaching staff has faith in him. He should be sticking around there, I would think, and, and still be that lead kind of hopefully workhorse back that he was this year as well. Um, so 
On to the next player. And this one, we, we've switched it up. We're actually alternating. We're going to start with a, a, a positive and then and then a negative, just so not we don't uh, end, up, end in all negatives here. So our next one is a surprise disappointment. We also have the same player uh, for this one, another one that we highlighted in the award show um, last week. Who is your top most disappointing player uh, running back of the 2023 season? It's got to be Austin Eckler, who was probably drafted as the overall RB2 in your draft, maybe like a top five overall pick in your draft. Like it was it was hard not to be excited, right? He had back to back seasons with 18 plus touchdowns. You love that. Um, you know, obviously the the career high 127 targets in 2022, um, but entered this year. And like, to be fair, I actually I. Don't know how much of Austin Eckler's struggles this year are necessarily, you know, due to him being quote unquote washed. I don't think he's he's totally washed at this point, but you'll remember starting off the season, he had 16 rush attempts, 117 rushing yards, a touchdown, put on another 47 yards through the air. Like yeah. he had an absolute monstrous game and he only played 51% of offensive snaps in that game suffered an ankle injury, missed the following three weeks. And when he came back, looked like a different running back. And I do wonder how much of this was a, the offense wasn't that good. They lost Mike Williams. Like people started to get unhealthy, Justin Herbert, like there were a myriad of factors that I think, you know, put Austin Eckler in a position to disappoint. Obviously the touchdown production, not what you wanted it to be. Um, just six total touchdowns on the year. But, you know, there were a lot of signs that maybe we should have seen coming. But I also think there were a lot of, you know, things contributing to this that wherever Austin Eckler lands in free agency, we might end up seeing him become a decent value in 2024 just based on the fact that this was a disappointing year. And there are going to probably be a lot of people wondering, is he washed? And I think he's still got a little something in him. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we both have the same player here. It's Austin Eckler. And yeah, maybe a potential, you know, kind of buy low candidate for, for dynasty. And just in that he, if it depends where he goes too, right. He's, he's a pending mm -hmm. free agent at the end of the year. Like maybe he sticks around on the chargers, maybe goes to a better situation, but yeah, it was obviously not a great year. Um, we talked about it a bunch last week as well. And, and you just highlighted a lot of the reasons why too. And you look at the running back position as well. And it's, a, it's a, position that's very dependent on on the system and and supporting cast around him too so there is potential that you know it's not just on him but um potentially you know support blocking and and obviously the team and the and the offense as well so um there there's a number of reasons why austin eckler was a disappointment but i mean it, the return on investment obviously is what killed fantasy managers right like like you said top five pick in most drafts um, and then did not deliver anywhere near that range. He ranked just 22nd in PPR points per game. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't great. He had eight games where he finished outside of the top 20 PPR running backs as well. That only happened twice through 17 weeks last season. Um, another four of those down games were outside of the top 30 PPR running backs. 
which never happened once in 2022. Um, that was when he obviously finished as a PPR RB1, but it was a pretty big drop off, obviously, here. And he's an older running back as well. So, you know, there it's it's not to say that it was entirely the system and, and everything around him, too. Like we do see that running back cliff happen for for players. So there is part of that that goes into it as well. But yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with Austin Eckler this offseason, where he goes, and, and then if he can bounce back potentially, because it's not impossible. Uh, we've seen him be that that kind of workhorse running back and then obviously receiving production being such a key for him. So we'll see what happens in 2024, but no doubt that 2023 was a massive disappointment for, for Mr. Eckler there. For sure. Um, let's talk about a positive surprise now. And this is my second one, uh, second surprise player of the season at running back. And it is Raheem Mostert of the Miami Dolphins. So I feel like, you know, going into the year, there was definitely a lot more excitement around Devin Achan, um, you know, heading into the season. I think Mostert mostly went overlooked in a lot of drafts. He was often taken after um, Achan in drafts this season too. So I think, I mean, Achan himself was, was great this year and, and he was a surprise in his own right. But I think for Mostert, you know, consistently delivering for fantasy managers all year long, PPR RB2 through the first uh, 16 or 17 weeks of the, through this first 16 weeks of the season, I should say, because he missed week 17. Um, he, he led the NFL with 18 rushing touchdowns this year. He added three receiving scores. So tied with Christian McCaffrey for 21 touchdowns. Um, Obviously, like I said, he, he missed week 17, so that, that was obviously a bummer, but I think the return on investment that he provided as, I think, RB41 in ADP heading into the year, more than anyone could have hoped for, 17.8 PPR points per game, which was good for fourth best at the position, um, and helped by the fact that he never recorded fewer than double-digit touches in, in 15 games this season um, with uh, 16.3 touches per game on the year. And what's crazy is he's going to be 32 years old at the start of the 2024 season as well, um, but he is still expected to be under contract with the Miami Dolphins. He'll have a shot to kind of be an age outlier for the position potentially once again. Um, I know that Nate has him ranked as RB15 in his early 2024 rankings, which I think is fair considering A-Chan also on the rostered and, and how well he looked. But yeah, Mostert, his involvement in the offense, uh, it, it's possible that we see that again for him. So talking about Austin Eckler, you know, and his running back age cliff potentially, Raheem Mostert just proved that, you know, you don't have to be uh, 26 or, or younger at the running back position to be an effective fantasy back. So uh, Raheem Mostert makes the list for me. I'm actually going to go with a, a teammate here now, uh, Devon Achan, who he was a big surprise for me. Now, I know he was definitely the more hyped of these two running backs and was was definitely drafted ahead of Raheem Mostert. Like, no no doubt about that. But we kind of knew what Raheem Mostert was, right? I don't think anybody projected him to lead the NFL in touchdowns. But I think we knew, like, yeah, this guy is super explosive when healthy. And that's been sort of the big asterisk next to Raheem Mostert's name. I don't think anybody could have seen what Devon Achan did in his rookie season. Now, I know coming out of Texas A&M, he was like the fastest running back in the class. 5'9", 185 pounds. I was really concerned that that would be kind of like the one-trick pony, mm -hmm. right? Like he's small and he's fast. And I think I underestimated just how much the Miami Dolphins are able to do with that schematically in their offense. When you've got a Tyreek Hill, when you've got a healthy Jalen Waddle, uh, you know, 
scheming up a guy like Devon Achan is is absolutely um, easy. Like you, like he just fits this team so well. Average 16 fantasy points per game. Played 11 games, 11 games, and finished as the overall RB 24 and half PPR scoring. Like. 800 rushing yards, eight touchdowns, you know, among running backs with a hundred plus carries led the NFL in rushing average 7.77 yards per carry. So like put that 16 fantasy points per game in perspective. When you look at the fact that he was averaging just over nine rushing attempts per game, like I didn't see it coming. It hit me like a boomerang. And I like, Good for you, Achan. I'm I'm happy for you. Now, I will say, a big concern again for me. Obviously, like you love the speed, but the size component of it. He dealt with health issues, so mm-hmm. that could be an issue moving forward. I, you know, I'd love to see him put on a little bit more muscle to maybe, um, you know, like pad the pad the body a little bit. You know, put a little fluff in in the trunk. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but like, I, I'd love to see him just put on maybe a little bit more mass moving forward. Maybe that'll help, you know, if, if the strength and and conditioning portion can, uh, be ramped up a bit, maybe we'll see him stay a little bit healthier in the future. But I gotta say as a rookie, he absolutely blew my expectations out of the water. Yeah, he he was amazing. And like you said, the efficiency from A-Chan was just ridiculous. And then that's what made him such a stud too. And and like everything else around him too. There was a great offense to be in that he fit in perfectly, like you said, with that speed. Um, and yeah, I, I would be good to see him kind of bulk up a little bit in the offseason. So um, yeah, being on uh, fluff in the trunk watch, uh, like you said, uh, this offseason <laughs> and- just... <laughs> I, I'm gonna that. need that on a t-shirt. I, I'm gonna yeah. need like just a collection of t-shirts of uh, some of the weird things that have have come out of these shows <laughs> over the course of the season. But I, I mean, John, I don't mean to brag, but there was only one running back that had a better PFF rushing grade than Raheem Mostert this year, and it was Devon Achan. So yeah. He, he was amazing that that there is no denying he was definitely a surprise um especially again leading all players in in uh yards per carry as well and and um pretty historic mark there as well at 7.7 7, uh yards per carry so um definitely agree with devin achan being a pleasant surprise on this season and we'll go to uh our next disappointing running backs of the year who did you have at the the t- uh, the second spot on your list as far as who let you down it's got to be Tony Pollard, who I'm like still having nightmares about. I was yeah. so excited about Tony Pollard. I tried to draft him, you know, mm-hmm. anywhere, anywhere I could. I drafted Tony Pollard. And, you know, like he looked like before before becoming a lead running back, he looked like a lead running back. He looks so explosive. Coming off of this injury, however, I feel like he's lost a step. You know, had a season-ending leg injury in 2022, Came back. I do think he was healthy, but I, it does feel like he lost a bit of that explosivity. Um, and that was kind of the element that made Tony Pollard so, so, you know, dominant, uh, especially for fantasy was some of that efficiency ranked six in total touches among running backs, but that inefficiency was just way too, too much to overcome. Ranked as the overall RB 18 on the season, um, average just 5.63 fantasy points per game in the playoffs. Like 
that is brutal. Career lows in terms of yards per carry, yards after contact per attempt, misforced tackle rate, explosive run rate. Like this was the most disastrous way we could have seen Tony Pollard's season, I think, coming to fruition. Yeah, the, this sucked for sure. I I, I'm, I was with you. I was very high on Tony Pollard coming into the year. I think he made my My Guys list. I went on freaking NFL Network hyping him up as well. <laughs> and I don't know how actually I didn't put him on my disappointing players list. He, he really should have been on there because he let me down in a big way. Um, it was not a good season for Tony Pollard, especially not, you know, in, in comparison to what we expected, like you said, um, coming into the year with Ezekiel Elliott out of the picture and, and all the numbers pointing to Tony Pollard being a potential RB1 um, back and and you know he had his good weeks but man so many bad weeks and just not the player that we expected him to be uh, in 2023 so hopefully he's another one that could potentially turn it around um, next season but yeah that was uh, that was not a, a good year for for Tony Pollard mm-hmm. unfortunately mm-hmm. Um, so my next running back is, uh, Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers as my surprise disappointment. You know, I, I think there were a lot of people that, that warned about, you know, the potential of, of Najee Harris being in a timeshare, um, with, with fellow Steelers running back Jalen Warren, which did turn out to be true for most of the year. Um, Harris was still drafted as the ninth overall running back, um, but finished as the PPR RB 27, didn't miss a single game either. So some pretty poor inefficiency there from from Najee Harris he ranked 35th among running backs in PPR points per game at 10.7 just three top 12 PPR finishes one of them came in week 17 which was great for those who had trusted him but he also had seven games where he finished outside of the top 30 PPR running backs um, which one of the made him one of the worst returns on investment this season Um, he was arguably not even the best running back on his own team Jalen Warren finished as the PPR RB 20 this season um, so yeah, it, as, as a 2021 first round pick Najee Harris, I think struggling with the inefficiency a little bit in his first two seasons in the NFL and to his credit, uh, he was better in that regard this season, but it, it, I think it came at the cost of, of a lighter workload, um, that, that, that ultimately kind of crushed his, his 2023 value, even though he's been playing a, a ton more, uh, in the last two weeks. So We'll see if there is a potential turnaround there for next season. But you look at his touches per game over the last three seasons; they've they've declined each year. Um, his fantasy points per ga- his fantasy points in, in PPR have also declined um, each season, as has his points per game. So this was definitely a letdown for for Najee Harris, a player that was drafted very highly this year, um, to see him kind of get in that that um, shared backfield there and just not be uh not come away with the the return on investment that i think a lot of fantasy managers that spent that high pick on him were hoping for i think it's fair it does kill me as a steelers fan i i will say the one thing that i keep going back to with Najee harris is i think this is the best he's looked as a pittsburgh steeler here maybe in the second half of the season um you know kind of has struggled with vision in in terms of like i think part of the issue with his inefficiency um, has stemmed from, you know, just sometimes not seeing the field and and making bad decisions in the field of play. But I think we've seen a ton of improvement there. And you know what, in the second half of the season, he's really kind of been a, a pretty dominant workhorse, mm-hmm. um, 15 plus touches in all, but uh, or six of the last seven weeks um, back-to-back weeks here, uh, we're, we're coming off to close out the season with 27 plus touches. Um, 
really kind of coming into his own. I do think uh, that in the second half of this, this season, he's looked a little bit better than Jalen Warren. And we might be starting to see um, that narrative flip uh, just, just a bit, just a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think there's a, definitely a lot of positives to take away from from Najee Harris this season. You know, just looking at like overall finish and everything like that. You know, a disappointment, but I think there is at least he's at least trending in a positive direction here as to close out the season, right? Like you said, getting a lot more touches, and he's definitely looked better than he has uh, in the previous two seasons as well. So not a, a total. Um, loss for for Najee Harris. I think there will be some uh, potentially positive things to look for um, as we head into the the off season as well. Um, all right, we'll keep it going, but we do want to take a quick uh, ad break here from our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll make that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. So, Kate, I got a couple. We got a couple picks here. Um, we're heading into the playoffs. The first one that I took was I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I kind of like this one. It's Kareem Hunt and anytime touchdown here at plus one fifty. Uh, going against the Houston Texans, uh, Kareem Hunt to the Cleveland Browns, taking the majority of the goal line touches for the Browns this year. Um, nine touchdowns on the season. The Texans are giving up. Um, they're, they're definitely giving up the fewest passing touchdowns on the year, but they are giving up the fifth most rushing touchdowns on the year. So I'd like the potential for Kareem Hunt to get into the end zone here. Um, I'm a little bit higher on the Browns, I think, than than most heading into this week, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, although they are the, I think, two and a half point favorites. But um, yeah, Kareem Hunt, anytime touchdown for me at plus 150. How about you? I am actually going to swing it right back here to Pittsburgh. We just nice. talked about Najee Harris and we talked about the recent uptick in workload. Uh, we've got ourselves a winter wonderland game coming up here. There's mm. supposed to be snow. There's supposed to be um, wind gusts of up to 50 miles an hour here in Buffalo for this Steelers bills game. Najee Harris has been on an absolute tear in terms of his workload and he is getting plus 105 odds plus 105 uh, for over 15 and a half rush attempts. And, like I said, like I just mentioned, uh, each of the past three weeks, uh, 19 plus rush attempts, um, you know, has been a, a total workhorse as of late. And the past three weeks has looked um, quite a bit better than, you know, Jalen Warren and, and been a little bit uh, more reliable on a down to down basis. I think this is going to be a big Najee Harris game. I think the weather is going to necessitate, you know, a, a lot of usage from both Harris and Warren. So I don't know, maybe you, you uh, get in on Jalen Warren over eight and a half as well, but I think this could be a huge day for, for all of the running backs here in Buffalo. And I'm, I'm loving the plus plus odds on Najee Harris over 15 and a half carries. Nice. I, I love that. That's a good call. Um, yeah, so there you go. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook now with code PFF. New customers can bet $5 on NFL action to score 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PFF. The crown is yours. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 
21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restriction terms and responsible gaming resources. All right, let's continue with our running back discussion here, Kate. Uh, we have the same player again uh, for our next surprise, pleasant surprise running back. Uh, who do you have here from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Now, I'm going to put like an asterisk here, a, an <laughs> asterisk, but we got to talk about Rashad White, who, I mean, we all drafted as probably like, you know, a, a low-end RB2 maybe at yeah. best. Like I, I think everybody projected him to be the starting running back, which he obviously was, but I don't think anybody had pegged him for the kind of season that he was going to have with the Buccaneers as uh, playing as crucial a role in the receiving game as he did finish as uh, the overall RB seven in terms of half PPR scoring, um, you know, was once again, inefficient on the ground, 3.64 yards per carry. That's even worse than his rookie season didn't eclipse uh, a thousand receiving yards or a thousand rushing yards, despite having 272 rush attempts. Like again, big asterisk, but the receiving, the, the receiving work, it, it absolutely blew my mind. I feel like um, Rashad white kind of played the role uh, in, in that I expected Chris Godwin to have almost like I, I thought they wouldn't be able to run the ball. So they'd, you know, get it to Chris Godwin over the middle. No, they, they just worked Rashad white into the receiving game. Um, and, you know, kind of substituted the run with passes to Rashad white. Um, again, still really inefficient. It had some struggles on the offensive line. So um, maybe that, that contributed in part to that, but um I don't know how in on Raheem Mostert I am going to be moving forward. Just or uh, Rashad White, Raheem <laughs> Mostert. I know how I know I'll be in on on Raheem Mostert, but I don't know how in on Rashad White I'm going to be in the future, given the back to back seasons of of total inefficiency on the ground. But I sure am thankful for the leagues that I drafted him in. Yeah, definitely thankful for where we drafted him for sure. Right? Going as the PPR um, RB24 in ADP, finished as the PPR RB6. So like you said, the the workload, the usage for him in the passing game, everything was, was amazing. It just wasn't very efficient, right? So this feels like a situation where there could potentially be um, somebody brought in to, to help at the running back position, right? This off season, we'll see what they do. They also have some options there that they, they drafted this past off season. So I, I think there's definitely a chance, like you said, that they could um, maybe, you know, lessen white's workload here with, with some more competition at the running back position. Cause like you said, just not very efficient, unfortunately, but yeah, what, while we were riding him in this season, we're very happy with what he was able to provide for us. Um, yeah, he uh, averaged 20 touches per game, 15.9 fantasy points per game. Obviously, excellent numbers for his position. Um, but yeah, him and Christian McCaffrey were the only running backs to carry the ball more than 250 times, catch at least 60 receptions, and record more than 530 receiving yards. Um, they both led the, the position in snap share as well at around 80% of their team's offensive snaps on the year. So obviously, he didn't have the touchdown rate that, that Christian McCaffrey did. McCaffrey with 21. Um, White, I think, found the, the end zone just nine times this year, but still delivered well above expectations, I think. Um, for where we were drafting him this year. So easily one of the, the pleasant surprises of the year for me as well. For sure. 
Um, how about a, a disappointing player here? Who who was somebody else that that let you down at the running back position this year? I don't even want to talk about it, but we got to <laughs> talk about it. We got to talk about Damian Pierce, who I was all in on. Uh, you know, yeah. I think we mentioned him last week on mm -hmm. uh, the disappointment show. He was easily one of my biggest disappointments heading into the season. Uh, you know, as a rookie, just kind of absolutely dominated uh, before his season ending ankle injury. And, you know, from a, an efficiency standpoint, from an eyeball test standpoint, like Pierce was top notch among running backs with a hundred or more carries in 22, uh, 2022 ranked top 12 with an 84.8 PFF rushing grade, 3.2 yards, uh, 3.28 yards after contact per attempt led the league, uh, in that cohort with a 28% miss force tackle rate. And none of it translated to his second NFL season, got outplayed by Devin Singletary averaged just 2.9 yards per carry. 0.49 fantasy points per touch ranked dead last dead last among running backs yeah. with hundred plus rush attempts. Like <laughs> how, you know, I, I had this underdog uh, pick them slip that, that I filled out before the season, every single one of them hit except Damian Pierce's rushing yard total. <sighs> how dare you betray me, Damian? Oh. I, I still love him. I love the talent. <laughs> I love the type of running back he is, but my God, did I get bulldozed by this one? Oh, yeah, that, that, that can't agree more. Yeah, there he was definitely a bummer um, this season. And then obviously, yeah, losing his job uh, later in the year as well. Um, just hurt even more so where he could just could provide zero value to you. So, um, yeah, Damian Pierce, definitely a disappointment. In the same vein, I got Alexander Madison of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, he was another player that I think, you know, after Dalvin Cook's release um, from the Vikings, I, I think Madison was kind of expected to step right into Dalvin Cook's prior workload and if not replicate the, his production, at least come close to it. Um, and, he, he, you know, he had a handful of games where he was used as that kind of workhorse running back. Um, he delivered six top 24 PPR finishes, but... That was pretty much the extent of his ceiling in 2023 before he basically trailed off into obscurity. Um, his disappointing season came, I would think, mostly due to inefficiencies as a runner, right? He averaged 3.9 yards per carry, which ranked tied for 37th among running backs. His 8.6 PPR points per game ranked just 42nd among running backs, um, despite him being Minnesota's lead back for most of the, the first 12 weeks of the season. Uh, eventually he lost his starting job to Ty Chandler as well, right? Coming out of the team's week, week 13 by that's where we started to see the shift, uh, in usage. And, and really that was the final nail, uh, in the coffin for, for Alexander Madison, who was drafted as the 20th running back off the board, um, in ADP this off season. So just did not deliver, uh, after Dalvin cook's release had people excited about him. I know I was potentially excited about him uh, and drafted him in a, quite a few places because of the potential there for a workhorse role, but just was super inefficient and did not deliver and then eventually lost his job. So Alexander Madison, definitely one of the, the big letdowns for me this year. Yeah. I, I got Madison in a couple of leagues and it didn't, didn't feel good. Again, I yeah. think we projected for that workload coming out of the gate and, you know, I don't necessarily know that a ton of people expected inefficiency, but I don't think anybody expected this level of inefficiency. Right. And I definitely don't think, people projected Ty Chandler to come out and, and steal that winning job and look better for it. Like he, yeah. he, that's, that's kind of what's 
Um, the biggest kicker, obviously, the the Vikings have had a lot of struggles on offense with injuries this year, which is it sometimes makes it a bit harder to evaluate these individual players. Are they they not producing, you know, due to their position in this offense or is it the offensive line? Like there, there are a lot of different variables, but when the backup comes in to that same system, same situation and looks that much better. Yeah. 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 That, 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 that was definitely the, the bigger surprise too, right? Is once Ty Chandler got that role, he just was, he was better. He was a better fantasy asset. He was more efficient. So um, yeah, Alexander Madison was just not that guy, unfortunately here in uh, 2023. Um, you had mentioned uh, Damian Pierce as one of your disappointing players and in the same vein, Devin Singletary, one of the more surprising players for me, right? So I, I was going to put both of them on my list as well, but I, I wanted to just uh, focus on Devin Singletary as, as the positive surprise, right? Because Damian Pierce, he was still averaging, I think, 17 touches per game through the first eight weeks of the season. Um, but like you said, the, he was inefficient. Didn't He only had one rushing touchdown, didn't have a single top 12 PPR finish over that span. Um, then he missed time with an injury. And that's what allowed Devin Singletary to kind of step in and really shine the rest of the way. He he even finished as the PPR RB9 from weeks 9 to 17, uh, went on to touch the ball 18.9 times per game from weeks 9 to 17, um, and that allowed him to deliver three top five PPR running back finishes. Uh, on top of the ninth most fantasy points by running back Singletary. Uh, he was one of those waiver wire additions uh, at the midpoint of the year um, for most fantasy rosters and that high end opportunity. And then the production that came with it, um, I think were definitely enough to include him as a pleasant surprise on this list, even though it wasn't for an entire season, um, you know, in the latter half of the year, he was definitely a pleasant surprise. He, he ranked um, from weeks nine to 17, third in offensive snaps played, fourth in carries, third in rushing yards, uh, ninth in PPR fantasy points, and ninth in half PPR fantasy points. So really strong uh, second half of the season for Devin Singletary. So that that got him on my list. I think it's fair, though. I reject the premise because I <laughs> am angry that my guy, Damian Pierce, uh, didn't lost his job. To it could have been him. It could have been him. <sighs> yeah. I know it's, it's a bummer for sure. Especially like you said, that, that, that underdog slip and him being the only one that, that let you down. It's just, mm. it's always soul crushing uh, when these, these players uh, you look back and, and they disappoint you like that, but you know, what, what can we do? That's what makes the NFL so unpredictable at times. Right. And we do our best to, to read the tea leaves before the season and through the season, but nothing is hundred percent predictable. So um, that's why we do these exercises. So who did you have next as your, um, Final pleasant surprise of the season. It's got to be David Montgomery for me. I like, let's give him his flowers because obviously all eyes heading into this season were on rookie Jameer Gibbs. Like there was no, there was nobody that I think was overly excited to draft David Montgomery ended up finishing in 14 games as the overall RB 13 and half PPR formats, uh, just over a thousand rushing yards, 13 rushing touchdowns, which I, like that touchdown usage, obviously for the Gibbs managers, very frustrating, but tied for the second most rushing touchdowns in the league this year, uh, ranked 10th in PFF rushing grade, tied Jameer Gibbs with a 22% misforced tackle rate, uh, average 0.41 fantasy points per touch that outpaced Gibbs this season. Like 
I think from a workload perspective, David Montgomery was an incredible surprise from a production standpoint, an even bigger surprise, um, you know, ranked fourth in terms of carries inside the five, uh, you know, fifth in terms of red zone carries, like he was getting these very valuable touches um, and he produced with them, which I, I think is all the more exciting. Yeah, he was awesome. And, and like you said, Jameer Gibbs definitely was the more exciting player coming into the year. And, and it still is, obviously. And he had an amazing season himself. But like you said, David Montgomery, definitely a surprise in just how good he looked and how productive he was. And we talk about, you know, running backs in systems and how that can play a part in their um, production or lack thereof. And you look at the Lions and man, they have been excellent for the running back production uh, over the past couple of years for sure. And David Montgomery benefited from that as well, but he did look good himself. So definitely, like you said, got to give him his flowers and, and uh, yeah, I, I think definitely worthy of making the list here. Um, all right. Uh, final name on the list. And it is one of our disappointing players. And we do have the same player here. Uh, Miles Sanders of the Oof. Carolina Panthers. Um Similar to, to Alexander Madison, I, I think, in a way, right? Get drafted in that same kind of range. He was RB19 in ADP um, and really failed to kind of live up to his, I think, strong 2022 season as well. He was PPR RB15 with the Eagles. Um, he was expected, I think, to be the clear RB1 for the Carolina Panthers. And for the first few weeks of the year, that, that was true. Um, but much like Alexander Madison, uh, Sanders' ineffectiveness as a runner on an already poor offense pretty much gave the team no choice but to seek help elsewhere on the depth chart. That allowed Chuba Hubbard's role to, to kind of increase before he ultimately overtook Sanders as the team's lead back in as early as week six as well. So Sanders, you know, he continued to get limited opportunities, but I think the damage was done once he lost that starting job. He, he not only failed to live up to that RB19 ADP, but also finished as one of the most ineffective running backs on the entire season, recorded just one touchdown on the year compared to his 13 from last year. He he was a disappointment in, in every sense of the word, really. Uh, you look at his overall production, RB 51 on the year uh, in oh. PPR 5.7 PPR points per game, which was 59th among running backs, 3.3 yards per carry, which was tied for 56th among running backs and a 58.7 rushing grade, which was 60th. So not a good year for Miles Sanders there in Carolina. Nope. Uh, you, you captured that perfectly and it made all the more disappointing too, based on the contract, like Miles Sanders is averaging the eighth highest annual sal salary uh, for the running back position. The The Panthers came out, they made a, a commitment, um, you know, his first two years, he got a, a signing bonus and the first two years of his four-year contract were guaranteed. So like they paid him up front and boy, oh boy, did that not play out. And what I think makes it even more disappointing is that the, the, guy that overtook him was not a new face in this right. offense, um, which I, I think is all the more, uh, you know, just kind of startling when you think about the fact that like Chuba Hubbard, he what third year player, like they know who Chuba Hubbard was. They wanted somebody else, but once Miles Sanders got in the building, they said, ah, I think we'll stick with Chuba. <laughs> like that, that whole narrative, I, I think, you know, there's not really a ton of incentive for the, the Panthers to move on from him. This, this off season, like I said, already paid uh, up on the first two years of his contract. So like, 
not a ton of money to be saved. Like, I don't think they have really any incentive to move on, but maybe we see them bring in a, a new running back in the draft, or maybe we see them stick with Chuba Hubbard. Um, but either way, I don't think we can project Miles Sanders for any fantasy relevance whatsoever moving forward. No. Yeah, no, it's really hard to kind of have faith in him now. There's just not really anything promising. You look at a lot of his underlying metrics and everything. I mean, we just kind of went through them, but there's just nothing there to to be excited about Miles Sanders. And not to say that it, it can't happen, but it just feels very, very unlikely uh, at this point, especially considering that he's very likely to stick on the Carolina Panthers next year with, with that contract. So, um, yeah, we'll see how things go. But uh, it was a, it was a rough year for, for Miles Sanders, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for our surprises and disappointments at the running back position. There's definitely a lot of other names that we we could have included, but we went with just four each here to, to keep it uh, fairly short here, keep us under an hour here for the podcast. Um, but before we close out the show, it is the NFL playoffs, so we have to have some uh, reference to the NFL playoffs here. We're going to do a playoff pick them. Uh, Kate, we got six games on the slate here. It's super wild card weekend, so... We each have a pick, just straight up win, I, I guess, um, is, is all we're looking for. We're not looking to cover the spread or anything like that. So we'll go through each game, we'll record our picks, and then we'll, we'll see where we're at uh, after this weekend as, and, and next week as we continue to, to do this throughout the rest of the playoffs. But let's start things off with the first game of the week. It's the Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans, uh, the winners of the AFC South. Kate, who did you pick uh, to win this game? I'm taking the Texans, baby. Mr. Coach of the Year, Mr. Offensive uh, Rookie of the Year. I think they're going to handle business. I love that this is a home game, first of all. The Browns' defense has really struggled on the road this year. I know the Browns just upset the Texans a couple of weeks ago, but let's remember that was without C.J. Stroud. And I, I know the Browns' offense is rolling, but so is the Texans' defense. And, and I think that this is going to be kind of a trap pick just because we just saw these two teams face off, but I mean, this was a, a game that was very different, even though it was just weeks ago without, uh, without CJ Stroud, there leading the pack. Like I, I think this is Texans in the bag. Texans are playing so well at home. Brown's defense, not so much on the road. Like I, I feel like you're, uh, you're in for a trap if you're back in the favorites here. I know. And I am, I am, I'm picking the Cleveland Red Cause I love that defense. And like you said, I know, I know it's not, I don't feel great about it. This was, I think probably, yeah. I mean, there's tough games to pick here, but this was definitely one of the hardest ones for me. And I, I mean, I don't know. I I'm going, I'm rolling with the Flacco magic here uh, of the past <laughs> few weeks and, and the Cleveland Browns defense. And I know it's, it's betting against um, uh, PFF Bobby there, the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans, Bobby Slowick and how good that young Texans team has been. But I just think the stars that the Browns have on that defense, that defensive line, it has been playing really well. They're potentially getting Grant Elbert back at safety as well. Be He's huge. been a stud for them um, this season. So I, I, I know if the Browns are still favorites. It's on the road. I'm going with the Cleveland Browns this week. I, I, I gotta, I gotta try to pick some non home teams here because I think <laughs> mostly I, <laughs> I went with that, but um, yeah, uh, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. So we'll see how that one goes. Should be a good game. Um, next game on the list, Dolphins at Chiefs. This one, 
I went with the underdog. I am betting against Ooh. the Kansas City Chiefs. I know this is I, I'm 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 back to back here, uh, going with maybe some crazier picks, but I unexpected things happen in in, in the playoffs as well. It feels weird to be betting against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, mm-hmm. especially this early on in the playoffs. But I really like the Miami Dolphins offense. I, they're potentially going to be all healthy for this game with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Moser, Devin Achan all playing to a tongue by Loa. I know the defense is a little bit more banged up, but they still got a lot of stars there. I just don't think Kansas City's offense is what it was last year. And I think if it becomes a shootout, I'm willing to bet on the Miami offense. So that that's where I'm going. I kind of expect to be wrong with this one, but I I, I got to switch things up and, and take a non-favorite here. And I'm taking the Miami <laughs> Dolphins. I'm rolling with the Chiefs. And yeah, that's, that's the chalk pick here. But Miami Dolphins, like... Again, you mentioned their great strength on offense. They're going to get Jalen Waddle, Raheem Moster back, hopefully. But I can't get over their injuries on defense. And I think between mm-hmm. the fact that they're on the road, the fact that this is projecting, I, I think the, the um, what's it called? Like when it feels like a certain temperature? What, oh, what, what uh... is that called? Oh my gosh. What is it called? <laughs> um, like when the feel temperature, not the actual temperature, uh, weather nerds, I'm sorry. Um, I, I suck at weather. Um, but the like actual feels like temperature is right. supposed to be in the negatives. Um, like I do not think this is a game that the game script is going to favor this Miami dolphins team that, um, you know, I, I think they take comfort in, in playing at home. I think home field losing that home field advantage was so huge for them. It's a really hostile environment. And you know what? Like while their their greatest strength is on offense, the Chiefs' greatest strength is on defense. And um, when I'm gonna edge those two things out, paired with the the injury to Bradley Chubb, Xavier Howard not in this game, Andrew Van Genkel, Jerome Baker, like this team has lost a significant number of starters on defense. I I'm I think it's like easily Chiefs in the bag. All right, there you go. So, okay, we, we're different on our first two games here. So we'll see if the third <laughs> game, uh, if we have some similarity here. And it is the Steelers at the Bills. Kate, are you picking your favorite Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> to win this game? They're 10-point underdogs here in Buffalo. I'm not, although I do think the, the Steelers have a chance to cover the spread at yeah. plus 10. Um, I, I just think, you know, from a, a standpoint of which team has the the better resiliency factor. I do think it's the bills, um, you know, on paper, obviously the bills, a much better offense, uh, you know, you know, fairly comparable defense and they both had issues with injury. Right. But the biggest kicker for me in this game is obviously the absence of TJ Watt here for the Steelers going to be a huge, huge absence, uh, in that defense. I will say, I really like uh, Nick Herbig, who mm-hmm. could see a, a really big role here in this game um, in limited snaps as a rookie, has really, I, I think, showed a, a lot of promise, a lot of potential. Um, but like this game, I actually think could come kind of down to the wire based on the fact that, you know, this is a, a crazy weather game, right? It's in Buffalo. It's cold. They're projecting wind gusts up to 50 miles an hour. Like, this might just be like a, a game of who can run the ball a little bit better. And obviously Josh Allen will, you know, give them the edge at quarterback, which is kind of my, my tiebreaker there. But it, I think this game could probably be a lot closer than the point spread would indicate. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I like uh, the Steelers actually to cover the spread here. 10 points it, it is a lot. And in a game that, like you said, there's going to be some weather issues going on there. And the Bills, it's not like they've been dominant all season long or anything like that, right? They've definitely had their down games. And it's hard to bet against Mike Tomlin as well. Mike Tomlin's been just one of the best coaches in the NFL. So I think he keeps his team in this game. I'm with you. I'm, I'm taking the bills as well, though, for, for the outright win. I, I think the loss of TJ Watt is, is going to be too much to, to kind of overcome, unfortunately. And I, I really like Nick Herbig as well. Had some really strong um, pass rush metrics coming out of Wisconsin. I want to say, I think it was Wisconsin. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, Those really Wisconsin boys, man. It's yeah. like a, they they've got a factory. There's something going on in Wisconsin that all that yeah. cheese. I don't oh, yeah. know. I'll, I, I, it's doing them good. Yeah, yeah. They've they've uh, they've definitely got a lot of studs coming out of there. And yeah, I like Nick Herbig, but I mean he's not T.J. Watt. Not many players are right. So uh, that that's kind of the, the one of the big difference makers there. And then obviously a quarterback as well. Uh, I know Mason Rudolph has been solid here uh, the past couple weeks, but I think yeah. Uh, Josh Allen will be the the difference maker overall. So I got the Bills as well. So we got the same pick on that one. How about the next game? It is the Green Bay Packers at the Dallas Cowboys. We know the Cowboys history in the playoffs hasn't been great, obviously, in recent years. But are you picking against them here against the Packers um, coming in as I believe the Packers are the seventh seed in the in the NFC, right? Yeah, I don't think uh, yes, you can possibly are. bet against the Cowboys right now with the momentum they have on yeah. offense, defense, and the fact that this is a home game. Like the the fact that this is a home game, like there were two teams that I thought really or three teams that I thought really 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 needed home field advantage and that was the Cowboys, the Lions, yeah. and the Tex or the Dolphins and Luckily, the the Cowboys and Lions they they got their home field advantage. I think that's going to be huge for the Cowboys, and that's not to undersell the season that the Packers have have put together. Mm -hmm. I've been immensely impressed. Cannot believe that that Jordan Love in his first season as a starter, four thousand passing yards, over thirty touchdowns at thirty two, uh, he finished like. But Jordan Love is no match for the Cowboys defense. Micah Parsons, you know, like this is going to be. You know, Deron Bland, like this is this is going to be a, a they're all going to eat him for breakfast, uh, I think. I, and I, I don't again, not an indictment on Jordan Love because I've been so, so impressed with what he put together in his first season as a starter. But the Cowboys are the all around better team. They have the better weapons. CeeDee Lamb right now is unstoppable. Um, I, I just don't think from a momentum standpoint, from a personnel standpoint, there's no edge that the Packers really have over the Cowboys at this point. Yeah, this is uh, this one. I, I feel like was was a fairly one of the easier picks for me um, as well. And yeah, I'm glad I didn't pick against the Cowboys because very strong reasoning there in favor of the of the Dallas Cowboys by you. I went with Dallas as well. Um, yeah, that defense under Dan, Dan Quinn has been something else. They've been excellent all year long the way Dak Prescott's been playing in that offense as well with CD Lamb I just don't think that Green Bay is going to be able to stop them uh, on both sides of the ball so I am going with the Dallas Cowboys as well um next game it is the Sunday night game I, I can't wait for this one it is the this Los is gonna Angeles be so Rams. good oh, Matthew Stafford against the Detroit Lions in the playoffs this is so exciting um yes. I can't wait to see what happens here so I went with 
the Lions taking this game uh, at home against Matthew Stafford. I don't think he defeats them. I don't even know that it could be really called like a revenge game because both teams really kind of won this trade, right? The Rams got a Super Bowl out of it with Matthew Stafford. The Lions have been excellent, obviously, um, even since the the, the Stafford trade. So I, I struggled to call it a revenge game, um, but I mean, it kind of fits that that criteria i guess but i i still think that the lions at home just all around uh, offense and defense they've been they've been solid this year i i don't know i i like the rams i just don't think that they have enough there to stop this lions team i think this lions team uh is the overall better team um on paper and and i think that's going to turn into a, a win here for detroit I definitely agree. I picked the Lions as well, though. Like again, the uh, an upset from the Rams wouldn't right. wouldn't surprise me necessarily. And I think that's like the worth mentioning at the very least. In terms of revenge game, I actually think like from Matthew Stafford's standpoint, like not so much. Right. Um, but Jared Goff actually has like a fairly uh, a fairly decent revenge game type narrative, right? Like he was kind of the throwaway in that right. trade. Um, you know, they were like, you can have all these draft picks, but you have to take Jared Goff and Jared right. Goff has played extremely well. Like he has proved that he can lead a team. He has proven himself as a passer. Um, like I think Jared Goff has all of the revenge game narrative momentum swinging his way. The only question, obviously like one player will not make or break uh, a team unless you're TJ Watt and the Steelers, but they will be without Sam Laporta, who suffered a knee injury in week 18, has 10 touchdowns on the season. One of three rookie tight ends in NFL history to do that, by the way. He has been an immense portion of this offense from a scoring and yardage perspective. That's my only concern. Obviously, they have plenty of options. They can you know, choose to sort of run um, you know, and, and dominate in the trenches here with David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs. Um, we've seen, you know, Jamison Williams come on a, a bit more in the second half of the season. But my only question mark is what does Sam Laporta uh, in his absence do for this team? And that maybe maybe we're underselling what that will do for this team a little bit. Yeah, it's such a big part of their offense, right? Like, and, and it definitely, there's not really any other tight end that they're going to go to. I don't think that they're, you know, going to re replace him with anybody and obviously not going to replace his production either. So it kind of eliminates the tight end position entirely for, for the Detroit Lions. So that is definitely a factor here um, heading into the week. So I'm with you. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams win this one. There's other games where I would be surprised if teams win, you know, Steelers, Packers, but um, this one, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Rams come away with it. But yeah, I'm going with Detroit uh, in this one um, and and taking the Lions. I think they still have enough there um, to potentially get through this game. So we'll, we'll see how it goes the rest of the playoffs. But I think they could get through this first round here. Um, and then final game of the week, it is going to be on Monday. It is the Philadelphia Eagles on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Eagles are still three-point favorites heading into this one. I took the Eagles. I'm a believer in this team. I know they have not played well as of late. They've really kind of struggled recently. Everybody's kind of banged up a little bit as well. I still really like this team. I, I have a hard time betting against those those the the players that that roster. I I like what the Bucks have done this year as well. 
I just think the Eagles are an overall better team. And and again, this is another one of those ones. Maybe I, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if, if Tampa Bay got the win here at home, um, considering how poor the Eagles have been recently. But I just think they put it together here in the playoffs and, and, and could potentially go on a run. So I, I'm taking Philadelphia. How about you? I'm going with the the Buccaneers. We're we're gonna see who who wins out here. Yeah. Like in the past six weeks, John, they have gone one in five. They fell out of contention for for home field advantage. That is why they're on the road because of their recent struggles. Their defense has struggled. Their offense has struggled. They've allowed twenty five or more points in four of the past five weeks. The offense has scored twenty plus points in just two of those games. Like. They're banged up. You mentioned, you know, the 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 injuries right now. You've got Devonta Smith, who's banged up with an ankle. AJ Brown hurt mm-hmm. his knee. Jalen Hurts dislocated his finger. It was almost backwards for crying out loud. Yeah. Um, in his throwing finger, they lost Sidney Brown for the year with a, a torn ACL. They are not carrying any momentum into this game. There's calls for the head coach to be fired. Like this team is a hot mess and this is coming from somebody who ahead of the season i thought eagles were winning the super bowl a hundred percent but they're not healthy uh and you know i I think the locker room seems a bit of a mess right now and i don't know that that's going to favor a team that's heading on the road in the playoffs like there's a lot working against them and like every bit of momentum that that they've lost in the second half of the season the buccaneers have found yeah, that's true. Damn, I, I hate this. Yeah, you made a really good point. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't feel good about it. I, I, I got to stick with the Eagles, but oh man, yeah, that is, uh, it makes it hard because my gut says the Eagles, my head obviously saying the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and yeah, it's hard to disagree with you. There Again, in, in, I, I will not. I don't think it's possible to like root against this Eagles team. It's impossible to root against Jalen Hurts in specific. Like, I, I love right. Jalen Hurts as a player, as a leader. He's yeah. impossible to root against, but. It's just like at at what point does you know like obviously they have a, an eleven and six record, but that eleven and six record it feels like it doesn't even belong to them. It right. belongs to the the Eagles we saw coming out in the the first half of the season, and this is a very different team than they were in the first half of the season. And that's not to say they're not still a good team. I think they're an injured team, a very yeah. banged up team that from morale to injuries, like no bueno for me. Yeah, no, that that's fair. They've definitely looked uh, a lot worse in, in recent weeks here, but um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I, I'm excited. I'm glad that we did this. This definitely uh, makes the, the playoffs more excited. I, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this week. This will be this will be fun. We got some different picks. We have, I think, three of the same and three different picks. So it'll come down to Browns, Texans, Dolphins, Chiefs, and Eagles, Buccaneers here for us uh, to see how that those games turn out. But uh, this is going to be fun. I, I'm excited to, to go through it all next week and to see how things turn out and then obviously make some more picks as well. So um, this was fun. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll continue our kind of season in review content next week by looking at our surprises and dis- disappointments at a uh, another position um i don't know what position what, what do you feel like doing what position do you feel like doing kate uh wide receivers tight ends or quarterbacks next mm, let's Leave do quarterbacks let's do quarterbacks i like it oh, yeah we'll talk quarterbacks next week so there you go um kate thank you as well for coming on and knocking this episode out with me always a pleasure uh before you go please remind everybody where they could find more of you and your work as well 
Absolutely. Uh, find me on Twitter at Kate Majuk. That's M-A-G-D-Z-I-U-K. Um, and I'll be popping in for, for fantasy content. Check out. I, I got some winners, losers, uh, more surprises, uh, all that in store, uh, breaking down by position over at PFF. Awesome. Yeah, definitely go check that out. Uh, enjoy the NFL playoffs, everybody. Super wild card weekend. It'll be a lot of fun. So enjoy that. We'll be back next week. And until next time, peace out.